sorry, am I saying that correctly? Habas. thank you. Um, and, and perhaps his wife, Lyra, as well. They are longtime residents of the city. Uh, they have worshipped uh, various places here in the city, but long before that, um, when Pancho and Lyra met in, in Maryland, I believe, uh, they were both involved. What a, what a great way to, to, to meet your wife. They were both involved in, in uh, evangelism and um, were attending a, an evangelistic uh, effort in, in the church there in Maryland and, and met at that point. And here they are all these many years later, not that many, but uh, still evangelizing and <clears throat> still so deeply involved in it. After stints in, uh, in uh, Guatemala, I believe, uh, for neighborhood 12 years and then on to California for about the same amount of time, he was uh, asked and invited to come to Oklahoma and did uh, for the, the church work over at Memorial Road, and he is still involved in that. You may know that Capitol Hill has a Spanish ministry that has been uh, ongoing for a number of years, and at the, at the top of that, these two people have, um, have enabled many Spanish speakers to hear the gospel in this city. He comes to us, Pancho does, as the most bilingual man I have ever met. Some people can speak Spanish and then stop and speak English. This man can speak them both at the same time. <laughs> you say, how can you do that? Well, you just, uh, you just listen. He'll probably show you how that happens. In any case, we are really privileged and so honored uh, to have Pancho come and speak to us today. Prepare yourself for uh, an amazing speech and a sermon by this man, Pancho. Well, good morning, church. It is a blessing to be able to meet this Lord's Day and to participate with... Okay. I know we were standing on holy ground, but okay. Well, <laughs> I, wasn't, I was worried about the wire being able to stretch that far, but okay. Okay. Well, we're here for... Uh, uh, a sacred Sunday observance, but for some people there's a sacred Saturday observance too. Oh, there's a great idea. Thank you. Okay. When my wife does this for me, I ask her, does this mean we're going steady? <laughs> Amen. Good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, las buenas nuevas. What we're looking at today are the deep things of God, la profundidad de nuestro Dios, right? These are the, uh, for some people might say, well, wait a minute. You know, there's the deep things of God, but I have my, my life out there. I have my existence and I have my loyalties, I have my identities. So whether you're uh, loyal to this or loyal to that, for a lot of us, this is what we really cling to. 
for a lot of us, uh, this is what uh, defines who we are, whether it's a team that we support or whether a place that we're from. And so that is a beautiful thing to, even though we're living in the big city of Oklahoma City, uh, to say, well, I have, I'm loyal, uh, not just here right now where I'm with my, I'm raising my family or whatever, but there's a place, a home place, where my mom and dad are from, where my grandparents, my people, my folk are, are from. And so this is something that brings a lot of blessing and uh, stability to where we are today to say, you know, we're living in this modern times right, right now in the big city of Oklahoma City, but I can look back to where I came from. And so there's good news there. But you know, there can be also a hidden problem sometimes because we can be so loyal, so dialed into and connected to this or that, that anybody who's not of us, well, I don't know, they're just not our people. They're a little different and they sit over in the bleachers over there and we boo and we, and we don't really uh, associate too much with the people of that other team. Is this working okay? Oh, sorry about that. I thought it was something I said. Okay. Is this, do they have a big gong up there maybe in case it's okay? Thought I hit my limit. All right. And so the problem is that uh, not just in, in, in the world, that there's some things that can unite us and make us uh, feel like we're part of a community, but sometimes these very same wonderful, uh, precious memories of maybe some happy days in another smaller town or whatever, sometimes those things can also serve to divide us. And that's bad enough, what we find out there in the world, out there in the world where everybody has their own team or everybody has their own different loyalty or where they're from. And so we're seeing more of that in our world today. But the problem is when what's out there, it starts coming in here among the Lord's people. And so that is what we're talking about because the Lord has called us to a common life together, but also a common labor together. And what are we talking about here in this month of March? And the next one there, please. And so we see this is what uh, Northwest is, is focused on at this time, the Northwest Church family, a march for missions. And some people might wonder, well, you know, you're taking this, this uh, time of the year, and it's been my privilege to serve on, uh, to, serve, to come here and sh uh, share with you on, in years past during your march for missions. And so we're going to have a little bit of a, a workout, some uh, uh, calisthenics, some physical training. Are you guys... I don't know how many people watch Jack LaLanne or the, uh, uh, the Jane Fonda workout videos, or I won't even talk about Richard Simmons, but we're going to have a little bit of exercise, and you're going to do the heavy lifting. Are you ready? So let's go to the next one, please. And so uh, this is out here in the foyer. There's a very uh, helpful rack of all these different um, flyers of all of the places where the Northwest Church family has your missionary work going on so far. So... We're going to start, let's start real easy one, okay? And we're going to work our way around clockwise. So, and you're going to identify the country. What is the country? And uh, you can just call it out real, real loud through your mask. Ready? It's time to get loud and proud of uh, what the Lord is doing, the work, His work through Northwest. So, what's this country up there in the top left corner? France. Okay, and we're trying to follow the globe, follow, you know, and so this uh, next one over here, this uh, blue and the white cross, who said? 
Greece. Greece is the word. That's right. And what's this, this next one over here with the Star of David? Israel. Israel. So you have uh, uh, missionary work going on in all these places. Let's jump, jump down here. Um, this is something with a long connection to the United States. And what's this island archipelago country here? The Philippines. The Philippines. Uh, you can probably show us where Clark Airfield is, but we won't go there right, right now. Uh, let's see, let's work our way around. And so this is a very prominent, uh, large, very populated country. Uh, wh what is this? We're kind of coming around sort of like north and now south. Um, that's over here. This is in, in, in Africa. I believe it's the most populous country with the largest population. In fact, uh, uh, many have come to, to this country, Nigeria, and slightly in that, probably to the west of Nigeria, is this other country. And what's that? Ghana. Ghana. That, is, that is correct. And so somebody already said, uh, here's this very large, this is in, uh, in, in Asia. What's this country with this uh, kind of a India? That is, that is correct. And so here's another country. It's uh, kind of in our neck of the woods a little bit. It's uh, south of Mexico, just as a hint. And what's this? Honduras, Honduras that is correct. And it is uh, exciting to know that from right here, the Northwest Church family is proclaiming Christ in different manners and different methods, but all around the globe. And what's really exciting is through World Bible School, uh, it has come to my knowledge very recently that they have completely uh, revamped and restructured and are you aware of this they made some major changes and huge upgrades and so from your own uh, cell phone from your apartment from your house you can literally be helping uh, people who are drawn to Christ all across the globe and you don't even have to live uh, leave your uh, your dwelling from where, where you live so it is exciting to see that from right here at uh, the Northwest Church of Christ, there is a serious focus that, you know, the Lord is uh, where he, he, he has called us. He has called us to uh, spread his word. And so when it comes to spreading the word of God and you look at where this all began, so if I was to ask you, where is the best place to begin? And the answer is the best place to begin is in the beginning. And that is correct. And so there's a book of the Bible here. Uh, where it talks about the beginnings, the beginnings of uh, the New Testament church. And what book of the Bible would that be? The book of Acts. That is, that is correct. And so when you look at uh, the book of Acts, you see how uh, the Lord's uh, promises are finally uh, becoming a physical reality that it had been foretold long ago that your old men will see visions, your young men will dream dreams. He'll pour out his spirit upon all mankind. And we see the birth of the church at uh, Pentecost, as Jesus said, now you guys stay here to the apostles and you will be clothed with potestad de lo alto. You'll be clothed with power from on high. And so from that beginning, we see in those early chapters of Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, how uh, God was with and among his people. There were just amazing things happening and there was a good reputation in the, in the community. And so this brings us up to what we're talking about today. Uh, next one, please. And so this is what we find here in Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. As the number of disciples kept growing, there was a quarrel between the Greek-speaking Jews and the native Jews. 
the Greek-speaking Jews complained that their widows were being neglected in the daily serving of food. So we find here a situation that parallels maybe where the church is not only back then at the beginning, but where the church is today in this world. So we can see reasons to be encouraged, right? That uh, the Spirit of God was among His people and they were obedient and they were faithful to Him and good things were happening. It says here the disciples, it just kept on growing and growing despite the persecution. And so when you see all of that uh, good news happening, is uh, the evil one, is he just going to roll over and say, oh well, I did my best, I guess it didn't work out, I'll just try to... Does he just uh, kind of shrug his shoulders and move on? No. When there is fruit, when there is unity, when there is holy ground, that's when sometimes those temptations, those attacks, those criticism, that issues, it just kind of seems to pop out of nowhere. But we know that our struggle is not against this brother or that sister or these folks, but really our struggle is against powers and principalities. So we see that in this specific situation right here, the problem that the evil one uses to spread discord, division, and to uh, debilitate, uh, weaken the church is the idea, listen, that, you know, there's us folk and then there's y'all folk. And we're over here and you're over there and you just stay over there where you belong and just leave us alone so we can be really comfortable and cozy. And so it's curious here that what we're talking about is that there was the daily dis distribution of food for those who, were, uh, who uh, were in need. And so you have to ask yourself, now, what were the historical origins? What produced this situation that you have some native people, but then you have the foreign people? What happened? And so it's important to realize that in the previous centuries, uh, the next one, please, that when uh, the times of the prophet Jeremiah and Isaiah and all of the prophets, that when God uh, punished, he dispersed his people to Babylon, to Assyria, to different nations, that a huge uh, proportion of the, uh, the Jewish people were living al extranjero. They were living in all of these foreign lands. And so you see in the book of uh, Daniel how they were over here in, in uh, Babylon to the, to the east. But you can see that the Jewish people were dispersed uh, in la dispersión. And so when uh, there were special occasions like uh, the Feast of Passover, the La Pascua, or Pentecost, Pentecostes, Pentecost, when there were special celebration events, they would all come back home. They would all come back home to the lands of their ancestors. Uh, so even though they might be living in a, a foreign place, even though they might be absorbing the Hellenistic, modern, uh, international Greek culture, even though they're very progressive, they come back to, let's say, the Bible Belt. They come back to their roots. They come back to uh, their historical memory. And so that's what's going on here in Acts chapter 6 that explains the discord that's going on in the congregation there in, in Jerusalem. That they're all Jews. They're all, they're all descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They follow the law of Moses. But the problem here is that there is a cultural friction. There is a discrepancia. Uh, there is a discord that some people are the ones from Jerusalem. Here the the, the buckle in the Bible belt, you might say. They are in, involved with the traditional ways of their folk that go back a long, 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 long time. And they conserve that traditional language and those customs. And so 
But what they would see as a problem was, now here come all of these other Jews from all of these international Jews that are more modern, that have a criterio más más uh, amplio, you might say, a little more a wider outlook and per perspective on things. And so, but what happened on that uh, Pentecost celebration what we find in Acts chapter 2? On that particular Pentecost, uh, God had other plans to start something new, the fulfillment, el cumplimiento of, of all the prophecies, that this is the moment that uh, we're going to begin the, the, the New Testament church with power from on high. And so what we have here is this kind of friction, this kind of discord going on. You have people who are, they're all Jews, and now they, they believe in Jesus, but the problem is some are a little bit out there. They're more modern. They got some different kind of ways, but the more traditional ones really resent that. And so that's what we find here going on in the church, the internal dynamic in the congregation in Jerusalem. And so the question to us for today is, does that only happen in Jerusalem back then? Or do you think that that same dynamic, those same issues might uh, present themselves today? There are some people, you know, we're from here, and we conserve the ways of our parents' generation and our grandparents, and if I was to sing to you, happy trails to you, how would you answer? Until we meet again, right? And there's a, there's a town south of here, uh, near I-35, going towards the Red River, that they changed the name to a, a singing cowboy, and what's his name? Gene Autry, that, that's right. And so there's some folks who just like, you know, Oklahoma is uh, where the wind comes sweeping over the plains and we belong to the land and this is just a kind of a, a, a happy kind of community. This is, this, is, this, this is us here. But you know, um, there's some changes been going on in our, in our world in recent years, in recent decades, that uh, there's a lot of people who are coming uh, across that, uh, that frontier, that, that border, and they're now in our community. People that used to be in a distant uh, land, now they're here. And we can look at this uh, as, uh, uh, you know, personally, I am very tra traditional, you know, a real live nephew of my uncle Sam, right? Born on the, that's it, that, yeah. But you know, so in, in, in the world, you can see how there can be resentment and friction and even alarm. Well, what happened to our little cozy, happy community that we've always had? Why are there all these changes now? Why is this different? And so because of that loyalty and that identity we have, we're from here, we belong to the land, and, this is, and now there's these other folks, and now things are different. So the world that your children, your grandchildren are growing up in, is it the same world that you grew up, that you grew up in? No, things are really different today. And when there's all this change, I get a little bit uh, worked up. I get kind of people, you can get a little upset about some of the things that are, that are happening. And sadly, that's, that's one thing out there in the world, but it's another thing when the same uh, friction or uh, trepid, you know, alarm starts happening inside the, the church. And so we're talking about the problem here. And did we come here to talk about problems? We came here to talk about God's solution to this world's problems, to our own issues. It's not just out there. Sometimes it's right inside here. And so let's go to the next one. This is something that uh, young Senator Kennedy and his campaign became. Uh, and then one, one, one more here, please. Uh, 
And so I have no idea what this is, but I am told uh, that this is the Chinese character for, for crisis, and it's composed of two different halves, this part on the left and that part there on the right. So this word crisis, uh, next one please, is a combination of two things, opportunity. And so there is, uh, in this moment of alarm and, and, and friction and sometimes conflict, there's a great positive opportunity. So there's, but there's also something else with it there, and that is danger. So that's how they view this, is that what we could call a crisis is actually a moment of tremendous change where things are in a state of flux, it's unstable, we don't know how it's going to turn out. It can be an opportunity presenting itself. Maybe this can move, think, maybe this could help possibly, but there's some things to watch out for at the same time. And so let's go to see how this applies to the church. Back then, back then here in uh, the day of Pentecost, as Peter got up to preach the very first sermon, um, there's a tremendous opportunity that we're starting from the very beginning, from the ground up, and we're building up the church of God. And there's a tremendous opportunity, not just locally in Jerusalem, but you know, some of these people, they're going to go back uh, far to the east to what is uh, Iraq or uh, Iran today, to their, to their homes. They, they have homes back there to the north in what is uh, Syria or Turkey today, or to the west, the islands of Crete, or even Rome, or even to the southwest, to, uh, to Egypt, to uh, Cyrene, where Benghazi is, you know, to all of those kind of places. So there's a tremendous opportunity for, uh, for numerical growth locally, but that this could translate into missions as people, they eventually return to their uh, place of origin. But you know, the evil one is always there, ready, al acecho, ready to take what is, could be a golden opportunity for the Lord's people, a serious march for missions going on right there, and really cause people to start uh, turning uh, inward and having all of this friction and conflict eventually resulting in paralyzing this, the, the church. And so it is a necessary for us today to really take a close look at how the first Christians were able to overcome their maybe parochial resentments and their uh, feeling of uh, unease and alarm and really to see how they responded to that so that we can go and do likewise today right here. And so let's go to the next one. And so we find in this verse here, uh, verses 2, 3, and 5, we can see step by step by step, and maybe you are very familiar with this process, how the apostles, they said, okay, okay, they exercised spirit-led leadership, that they, the shepherds, they understand what's happening in the flock, and they didn't just sit around, but they were proactive, and they uh, took, uh, took the lead, but they included brothers and sisters, you choose seven, you, you choose, we're going to, you, you're, you're adults, you're grown-ups, mayor de edad, you select some capable, qualified men, and so this is what they, they did, they uh, chose those seven men filled with the Spirit, and so as a result here in verse 7, the uh, desenlace, the outcome, it was pretty positive, and it uh, turned out real, real good, so when you see this here, next one, that uh, after after God's Spirit is leading His people, what's going to be the result when God's people are obedient? When we say, listen, you know, I prefer Sunday, Monday, happy days. I prefer, you know, I prefer that. That's how I roll. Okay, that's just me. 
I'm a little, you know, kind of traditional. That's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what in the restoration movement we say in essentials what? Unity. In opinions? That's right. Liberty. Freedom, yes. But in all things, charity. So this kind of time of crisis, a time of stress, when our community, our nation is being pulled apart, it seems like, uh, this is a time where we to, uh, kind of return to our own roots in the, in the Lord's church. Wait a minute. What got the Restoration Movement? What is New Testament Christianity about? Is it about hanging on to, I will cling to my own personal opinion? No, we're not going to cling to what I like or what you like. Well, what does the Lord say? What does, uh, what does the early church teach us about how to handle this kind of situation? And so I'd like to ha uh, pose this question to you. How do you get from here with this growing problem? There's a problem, Peter, James, John, Matthew. We've got some issues in the flock. Uh, things are not as tranquil and calm or unified as they were before. So how do you get from having that kind of growing conflict, storm clouds, how do you get from here to there? How do you make that jump from having these problems to having God's solution, the Lord's way? And so I know you probably thought there was not going to be any math in this, but we couldn't get away from, from that. So here we have a graph. Don't ask me what it is a graph of. I don't know. I barely made it through... Uh, uh, algebra myself. So you see this this line and it starts here and it kind of winds up over there. But in the in the middle though there's some gaps, there's some data that that is missing. I don't know what what is it does. All I know is it kind of starts here and does this and it winds up there. But did you know there is a way to solve this? Don't ask me what that way is, but somebody figured out what the missing data is and filled in those gaps. And here it is right here. That, so this is what the complete line actually looks like. And so this explains how do you get from this beginning, how do you get to that end? What are the different steps along the way? And so when you think about, for those first Christians there in Jerusalem, what had already transpired in, uh, among them? What did they already know? Uh, if we return to the thrilling days of yesteryear and walk in their, in, in, their, in their shoes, that what they had already seen was here in Acts chapter 6, but in Acts chapter 5 and 4 and 3, they had already seen the amazing things that God is doing, that there were miracles. There was even the Pharisees were coming to the Lord. Can you believe that? That the church was growing. But they had already seen also Acts chapter 2, where the mighty rushing wind of the Lord's spirit was moving among his people and some things were going on that were completely amazing that the gospel was being preached not just to the hebrews but now to all the world to all these nations that were representatives in their own language that is incredible and so when you even go before acts chapter 2 to acts 1 where jesus says 1 8 you shall be my witnesses first right here in jerusalem among, and then, right, and then right, kind of right around the county, uh, Judea, our people, uh, Judea. But then, you know, you're going to move on to the Samaritans. They're a little different, but okay, you know, they're all right, but sort of. But then we're going to go to the uttermost, the furthest, most remotest parts of the earth. 
So these first Christians, they already had all this data inside of them. But you know, I got to think there's got to be part of the Great Commission that they already knew. That when Jesus said at the very end of the gospel, he said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And therefore, as you're going along, make disciples. That's the key question as to how we're going to resolve the conflicts, the issues in our own walk of faith personally, but also as a church family. Are we going to let maybe some of the division, some of the changes, the conflicts, the instability that's out there, is that going to cause us to depart from the Lord's plan for uh, His church? Is all of the problems out there going to cause us to, um, to stop short in what the Lord wants of preaching the gospel to all? And so I think that part where Jesus says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And that's something that I think all of us, if we're here on a Sunday morning worshiping the Lord in his church, uh, all to Jesus I surrender. When you make that decision to say, listen, you know, spent these years in vanity and pride, and look how that turned out, you know, and the Lord has been merciful to me, and he's reaching out his, his hand, and he's not forcing anybody, but to say, listen, listen, young one, if this is what you want, if, if you want the healing, the forgiveness, the recovery that comes from an obedient faith in Christ, if you want to be born again of the water and the Spirit, if you want to be added to the church family, okay, well, this is your choice. But you know, this is going to take you in places you never imagined, you never expected. That life is going to take a go in a completely different direction. And so when we can unite around that, that listen, I surrender all, Lord. I surrender not just my sin, and those other things and everything, but I surrender my small thinking of how I like it, I prefer things this way. I surrender my insisting on what I want. I'm gonna be open to what this brother, this sister, what, what, what they're talking about too, because I know that you talk to me through your word, your spirit, but is also among his people too. And so I need to be open and to say, where are you taking this? And so I'd like to uh, uh, conclude here with, uh, personally for me, my verse that really uh, uh, establishes that is my format of how reality works, of how this planet works. Maybe the world is embroiled in, uh, in panic and fear about, about viruses, and maybe that, that, that's important. Um, others are filled with indignation and anger and uh, of this side or on that side, Maybe they might have reasons, I don't know. But this right here, this next verse, is what uh, explains to me this is how reality works, a prophecy from Isaiah. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. And so Isaiah could look beyond all of the apostasy and backsliding and idolatry and lukewarm faith that was going on and he could say look beyond and say listen in the last days the days of the messiah this is what's going to happen the mountain of the lord's temple and so the what is that hill where the temple is built it's there in that city of jerusalem what's that hill uh, adjacent to moriah the hill calvary and the next hill over it's four letters voice is gonna zion that's right mount mount zion 
That's where the temple is built, and Mount Moriah is right next to it. Will be established as the highest of the mountains. We talk about the mountains, we're talking about actually worship. If you go to places like Guatemala, they go, still go to the high places to tear off chickens' heads and sprinkle the blood and burn candles to buy the favor of the gods. So the hilltops, we're talking now, is this hilltops of glory. Um, this is the true worship, the true uh, religion, uh, the true salvation uh, will come from the Lord's temple. It will be exalted above all of the other religions, all of the other faiths. And here's the amazing thing. All the nations will stream towards the temple of the Lord on his holy hill, Mount, Mount Zion. And so Isaiah is saying, you better get yourself ready because God is going to do something in the times of the Messiah that he's going to bring all peoples, as uh, shocking and difficult it is for you to believe, but he's going to call all these outsiders to come inside to all of these backward, ignorant, superstitious people with witchcraft and idolatry, but he's going to work among them, and they're going to stream towards the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know it's hard to believe, but it's going to happen. Next one, please. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That sounds like a march for missions. It didn't just start at Pentecost. It started way back before that God has always been concerned. How are we, from this kind of inside group, how are we going to reach and bring those who are outside and bring them into the light of Christ? And so uh, there are reasons to be alarmed at some of the changes in our, in our world. It's, there's reasons to be concerned and worried about the, some of the changes in our, in our country. And that's a separate conversation. We can maybe uh, we can have that discussion some other time. But as the Lord's people, as the Church of Christ, we have to rejoice when people who are outside, they want to come inside. We want Jesus. Tell us more about the Lord. Give us solutions from the Word of God about for our families, how to raise our young ones. And so, myself speaking, my name is Pancho, senores. My, my, and my, really, um, people are here in our community. And how did they get there in the community? Well, you can say because of this political factor and economic reasons, yeah, yes, that is true. But ultimately, God is the one that is moving people all across the globe. Uh, movements of refugees, people uh, and from Afghanistan or Iran who are coming and being baptized into Christ through missionary outreaches in Greece. And how are we gonna respond in our neighborhood? Next one, please. Because you can see, wow, you can, there's probably somebody out there right now driving along Northwest 23rd Street, and they'll say, hmm, uh, Northwest Church of Christ, man, that is, uh, that is really great. Uh, this is a place, a place for you. This is a place for your family. So the question is, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that this, as the folks driving by here, it doesn't matter where you're from, if you're here, well, maybe the Lord had something to do with that. If you're here, maybe God has a purpose for your being here. If you're here, maybe you want a better life, right? If you are here, then maybe you want some solutions for your own sin, for your matrimony, for your family, for your children, for your future. That sounds like regular folks to me, right? 
Because that's the same thing I want. That's the same thing that brought me to Christ. And so the question is, what are they going to find when they come to the Lord's people? When these outsiders, they say, listen, this, this Jesus, that looks like real good news. I want to learn more. I want my kids to grow up in the church. And what's going to be our response? Are we going to respond in alarm? Are we going to be indignant? Or are we going to allow our personal feelings to, to uh, take us away from God's purpose? And so, uh, next one, please. That's something to recognize that there is a tremendous opportunity before the Northwest Church of Christ, not just in missions in distant lands, as necessary and important as that is, but sometimes the mission field that what has to be converted is very close, not just in our community, but how about inside our own attitude, inside our own feelings? That's where God has to come and take control. Next one, please. And so there is a danger. There's a danger that God's march outward to include and to bring the outsiders in, there's a, there's a danger that the evil one might gain an, an advantage. And so, next one. And so that is how we can, con we can finish right here. In a moment of crisis, in a moment of crisis by faith, we know that God has great plans. God has great plans for his people going way, way, way back. What people thought was a problem was actually a golden opportunity to uh, proclaim his salvation if we will only get with his program. So this is uh, what we want to talk about here in the month of March for Missions. And we're just glad that as a church family, we can be together and to consider not what I say, not what you say, but what does the Lord from his word say to us? Amen? Amen. Amen. And so at this time, we're going to turn it over to our brother.